Each with center, sinners, intimacy. Uh, this is week five of our revisit uh, of this series that uh, we call an Each with Sinners. Um, the, the theme of, of our message is basically trying to love like Jesus did, uh, especially when it comes to, to reaching out to people who are far from God, uh, doing it the way Jesus did it. Now, while Jesus was here on earth, you know, how did he interact with people who were far from God, who needed God's grace? Well, one of the things that they, he did was he ate with them. He shared a meal with them. And you might think, well, okay, what's the big deal about that? You know, in America, sharing a meal or eating a meal is not a big deal anymore. I mean, eating is a big deal, but not, not the sharing of it, not the sitting down and enjoying it. For a lot of, of our culture, it's not, you know, what? How do we eat meals? We go to McDonald's, and we sit at a booth by ourselves, and we eat a Big Mac. You know, uh, you know, we're not, and we're surrounded by strangers, and we don't talk to each other. Uh, but that's that's not the way it was in the first century. That's not the way it was 50 years ago either here. But uh, that's not the way it was in the first century. Uh, in the first century, the only people you shared a meal with were people that you truly cared about. Um. You didn't share meals with just anybody. Uh, as, we, as we'll see in our, with our key ingredient today um, in, a, in intentional relationships, meals were considered an intimate act. Uh, it was only shared with people that you were close to uh, or, or people that you wanted to get close to. Jesus shared meals with people no matter who they were, because he wanted to get to know them uh, and help them understand how much he and God loved them. And, and as he did that, and, and, and interacted with people in other ways, and, you know, eating a meal with someone is, is just a, sort of symbolic of what we're talking about here, uh, because he interacted with people in other ways. He would interact with them at their workplace, uh, at a well, in their synagogue, uh, in their homes, along the road, on the side of a hill. Uh, wherever he found people, we're, we're learning how, uh, about some of the key ingredients um, that all of us need to have if we want to be like Jesus as we seek out intentional relationships with people in, in our lives with the plan, eventually, to share the gospel with them. And then we actually do share the gospel. It's not just a plan, it's something that we do. So as our list of ingredients grow, you know, the last couple of weeks I've sort of reviewed each, each ingredient, but I'm, you know, it's going to get long here before, it's already getting long, uh, so I'm, I'm just going to list them from now on, and you can go back and, and maybe listen on podcasts or Facebook, well not the last two weeks on Facebook, but you can listen on podcasts uh, to the past messages. So what we've covered so far, the ingredients of an intentional relationship we've covered so far is integrity, accessibility, grace, and last week, faith. But, but here's something that, that we need to keep in mind. If we're using a recipe to make a delicious dish that we enjoy, say our grandma's famous lemon pie, or for me, <clears throat> my, my dad's chili, uh, uh, in order for it to taste the way we want it to taste, to taste, taste like grandma's pie or dad's chili, um, we've got to do the same thing every time when we make it, right? 
Um, we've got to follow the recipe, including adding all of the key ingredients that go into ma- grandma's pie or dad's chili. You leave out one of the key ingredients and it won't be the same. It might still be lemon pie, but it won't be grandma's pie. Um, uh, it, it's, it's only my dad's chili. If I have all of the ingredients that he would put in his chili, including and especially curry. That was his secret ingredient. Uh, when, when I make it, I got to remember to include it all every time or it won't be dad's chili. You know, developing intentional relationships with people in our lives with the goal of sharing the hope of Jesus with them involves being like Jesus. Uh, approaching people in our lives the way that Jesus approached them. Um, we're discussing key ingredients that Jesus demonstrated and taught as he reached out and showed love to people around him. Now, here's what happens when, when we have a series like this sometimes. Any, any sermon series or lesson series. Uh, we hear the, the series, right? We hear the message uh, as we go through it. In this case, key ingredients in developing intentional relationships with people. And let's say the ingredient is accessibility that we looked about a, talked about a couple of weeks ago. Uh, maybe we see during that message, you know, that is important. It is important to be, make ourselves accessible to the laws. You know, I agree with that. That's something I need to develop in my life. But uh, because it's a series and, and life gets busy, after that service, that message is over, a lot of times, I know for me, a lot of times it's like, oh, I forgot all, what, what was it he talked about this morning? <laughs> I, I already forgot what it was. So we don't store it away in our minds uh, so that we can use it. You know, we, we agree, we thought it was great, but, it, you know, it's like when you wake up after you've had a dream and you, man, wow, that was so vivid. Whoa, whoa. And then two seconds later, you can't remember what it was. You know, we just sort of cast the, the different topics aside a lot of times to make room for the next ingredient, right? Uh, for grace or faith. And we think, wow, that's, that's important too. I need, to, I need to make sure that's a part of, of my life. Um, you know, my dad's chili recipe is at home on a card. <laughs> and, and Jackie has just created, Jackie's into uh, crafting, uh, like craft journals. And uh, she made this really beautiful uh, book that she took um, all of our recipes that we've made throughout the years. On, they're all on all kinds of different kinds of paper and cards and things. And, and she took them and put them all in one book. So now that, that recipe card is in that book. And every time that I want, want to make Dad's recipe, I got, I got to pull out that card because I don't have it memorized. I got to pull out that card and follow the recipe that lists all the ingredients. You know, and that's what we need to do here. And, and our recipe book is God's Word, of course. Um, here, uh, Aaron Chambers in his book, does a study in the book of Luke, the Gospel of Luke, and so a lot of most of what he talks about uh, is is from the Gospel of Luke. Um, we need to be careful when we think about an important topic like this that we not just cast all the ingredients aside each week and forget about them. Um, so let's keep them stored in our minds. Let's keep them. Uh, let's build up a file in our heart and our minds to remind us regularly as we seek out relationships with people every day in our lives. So, for example, 
regularly think to yourself, well, how's my integrity today? Am I being genuine uh, as I should be? A- am I reviewing? Uh, am, I, am I being accessible to people or am I being isolated? Am I just staying to myself or with, with my just Christians only? A- am I remembering I'm a sinner too? I needed God's grace just like everybody else does. Am, am I trusting God to be with me in my relationships when I reach out to them? to know that he's there and trust that he's there through my faith. Um, you know, make some notes as you go through this and hang on to your notes uh, when, you, uh, when you make them. I'll tell you what I'll do. At the end of this series, I'll make up a little card that you can put in your wallet or in your pocketbook or on your Bible or something that'll list all the, the ingredients, and maybe that'll help a little bit. Um, but let's remember them and put them together so that we get that, that delicious chili uh, when we're done, that we can make every time. Uh, let's add another ingredient today. Intimacy. Intimacy. Now, usually when we think of intimacy, what comes to mind? Uh, rela- re- the, the relationship of a husband and wife, right? Uh, a romance, romantic relationship often comes to mind when we think of intimacy. Uh, Aaron Chambers describes um, the fact that uh, intima- intimacy is different between the definition of intimacy is different between men and women. Uh, for women, uh, in, intimacy means long conversations about the way you feel. Right? Right? Uh, it means flowers. It means candlelight dinners. Intimacy means snuggling on the couch as we watch a romantic movie, a Hallmark movie. Right? Right? Now, for men... <coughs> Intimacy is, well, let's just say it has nothing to do with long conversations about the way we feel. Does it? No. (laughs) Well, intimacy is a part of a man and woman's, a husband and wife's relationship. But, you know, it's it's not just for that relationship, is it? No, intimacy uh, can be a part of any close relationship. In fact, one definition of intimacy is simply closeness or close friendship. Close friendship. In the first century, people only ate meals with people that they were close to. Family, friends. Eating with someone was an intimate act. It was not something you did just just to get nourishment uh, like we might do at McDonald's. You know, we're not, we're not there to share in a relationship with all the other folks that are eating Big Macs. Uh, no, it, eating with, with someone was something you did with someone that you cared about. That you cared about. Uh, when Jeremiah Hostetter was here a few months ago, um, you know, he's been in France for several years now. Uh, used to be in Cameroon, in Africa. And he talked about the difference between uh, being a missionary in Cameroon, Africa, and in France. And one of the, one of the big differences is eating. Uh, of all the countries that are in the world today, um, France has one of the highest uh, levels of people that gather to eat as friends, to, to share fellowship together. In France, eating is very much about fellowship, not just nourishment. Uh, and so he's discovered that one way to get close to people in France is to share a meal with them. 
and, and they invite people over to their house and they go to their house, you know. And it was the same in the first century with, with, in Jesus' time. That's why Jesus ate with people because he truly cared about them. But as we follow Jesus on his journey on earth, we see that the people he chose to eat with were not people that the religious leaders of his day would ever choose to eat with. You know, Jesus chose to have intimate meals with tax collectors, the dreaded tax collectors that Jews hated, uh, with beggars, with the riffraff of society. That's, that's who he would often eat with. The religious leaders despise anyone who was outside of their religious world. They refer to them as sinners, even though they were sinners too. They were at some higher level of sinners, you know, the kind of sinner that God loved. Uh, but they despised other people that weren't like them and referred to them as sinners. Let's read what happened in Luke chapter 5, verse 27 through 30. Luke 5, 27 through 30. After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him. And Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house. And a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sect complained to his disciples, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? You know, to the religious leaders, the, the Pharisees and the, the teachers of the law, uh, eating with people like that, like Levi and his friends, uh, people outside of their religious world, you just didn't do it. You don't have intimate friendships with people like that. You just don't. You only eat meals with people that you care about. And they cared nothing about them, about people like Levi and his friends. But that's not the way Jesus saw it at all. Verse 31 and 32 of Luke 5, Jesus answered them, Is it not the healthy who need a doctor? It, excuse me. It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have come to call, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. I've not come to call the righteous, the righteous, as the Pharisees thought they were. I have come to call sinners. To repentance. The religious leaders could care less about the spiritually sick, like Levi. Uh, Jesus not only cared about them, but he gladly sat down and he ate with them. Why? Why did Jesus do that? Because he wanted them to be healed from their spiritual sickness, which, which is their separation from God because of their sin. And you know what? Later he would die for, for Levi and his friends. For tax collectors and sinners like you and me. To be intimate with someone is to be friends with them. Friends with them. Jesus sought that as he tried to bring people closer to God. And you know what? We, you and I need to do that too. We need to seek out people to be friends with who are not close to God, who are far from him. The only way that we can develop an intentional relationship with someone 
is this. If we truly care about them. Not just some project we're working on, but as, as we look at people in our lives who are far from God, we must truly care about that individual and then seek to become their friend. And remember, we're talking about, as we talk about this topic, we're not talking about every person in the world that's far from God or even every person in the world that's far from God that you know. But start with one, one person that's far from God. Care about them and seek to become their friend. In his book, Air, uh, Eats with Sinners, Aaron Chambers points out three barriers to intimate, intentional relationships with people that, that are revealed in, in this passage in Luke, Luke 5, 27 through 32. Um, he, he describes these, uh, these barriers that we often have with people around us uh, with three words that he just made up. You might remember when we talked about this three years ago, these made-up words uh, that Aaron came up with. Um, but these made-up words that Aaron comes up with makes the point that we're trying to make today. And here's the first made-up word, acceptance. You might think, well, isn't that a word? No, that's not a word. Acceptance. Acceptance is not a word, but it includes the word accept, which means not included. So, you know, I, I'll take all three of these uh, except that one. I'll take all of them except that one. I'm not taking that one. That one's not included. Um, it's a word that basically is the opposite of accept, A-C-C, acceptance, where I accept everything. It's, inc- it's excluding something. When Jesus approached Levi, this evil tax collector that everybody thought of, um, and asked him to follow him and, and later ate with him, that was something that the religious leaders would just never do. For them, Levi was the kind of person that they accepted or excluded intentionally from their life. We don't have anything to do with people like that. Again, verse 30, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sect complained to his disciples about what he was doing and what they were doing. You know, what's a sect? A sect is a group of people who isolate themselves from others. We're going to stay over here away from those people. They only associate with people who are like them and even condemn people like Jesus and his disciples if they venture over and associate with those people. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about the barrier or obstacle that sometimes plagues American Christians and sometimes even plagues us. The, the barrier of isolation. Isolation. Now, now, we might not think of ourselves as a sect, and we're not a sect at all. Uh, hopefully, all of us welcome the idea of accepting everyone, no matter who they are. And, I, and I'm sure we all feel that way. None of us would intentionally say, nah, we're just going to stay over here and not associate with those people. But sometimes our behavior can be like a sect. You know, we spend a lot of time with each other in our building and, and rarely go out to people out there uh, with the express intention to build a relationship so we can share Christ with them. You know, we might have relationships with people at work and people around us, but it's not an intentional relationship where we're saying, I want to be their friend and then share and have the opportunity to share Jesus with them. 
And sometimes our actions demonstrate acceptance or exclusion. Jesus refused to isolate himself from the very people that he came to seek and save. What did he, who did he come to seek and save? The lost, right? As Aaron put it in his book, saving someone who is isolated from you with a barrier is impossible. You know, if, you, if you're over here and you're saying, this is where I'm comfortable, I'm just going to stay here, we can't reach that lost person over here if we're isolated. Jesus said that, that we are the light of the world, that we're the salt of the earth. You know, and, and salt is worthless if we just put it in the shaker and set it on the shelf and never use it. Salt is worthless in that way. Uh, light is worthless if we just put a bowl over it so nobody can see it, so it can uh, uh, destroy the darkness that's around us. If we want to be like Jesus and reach people in our lives who are far from God and who need his grace, we must resist the conscious and unconscious practice of acceptance. The second word that describes a barrier for an intimate relationship with someone is expartience. Expartience. And again, a made-up word by Aaron um, that he created from the term exparte. Exparte, uh, which is used to describe a judicial proceeding conducted for the benefit of only one party. Expartience describes what the religious leaders were doing by looking out for their own interests and caring nothing about anybody else or even really God's interests. The, the only thing in the world that the Pharisees cared about was themselves their interests, their religious beliefs and practices. Even if it was different from God's word, they didn't really care as long as it was something that they cared about. The only thing Jesus cared about was people, especially those who were far from God. Their interests, their needs, their souls, that's what he truly cared about. Remember in the passage from a couple of weeks ago from Luke 4, 18 and 19, when Jesus was reading Isaiah 61, 1 and 2, Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoner and recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus' focus was always on those who needed him most. The poor, the prisoner, the blind, the oppressed. It's impossible for us to be like Jesus if, if we only think of ourselves and our own interests. Here's a good way to gauge whether or not you, you might be practicing a little or a lot of expartience. When you think of your experience with the church... What do your actions and attitudes show you that you're most concerned about? When you think about your experience in church, is it what you like? What makes you comfortable? What your point of view is? Or what's most beneficial to the kingdom of God? Especially those who need God's grace and don't have it yet. So let's resist the conscious or unconscious practice of expartience. And then the third word that describes a barrier to an intimate relationship is 
extirpations. <laughs> extirpations. Uh, again, a made-up word uh, by Aaron. It's a word that he created from the word extirpate. Extirpate, which means to destroy completely. The Pharisees basically destroyed their witness to people who needed God by their failure to care about them. You know, if, if Levi and his tax collector friends um, had, had to depend on the Pharisees to find God, they had no hope because the Pharisees had no intentions of reaching out to people like that. All they got from the Pharisees was rejection and a sense that somehow God hated them. And didn't want to have anything to do with them. But not so with Jesus. Jesus' acceptance of them and his desire to seek an intimate friendship with them spoke volumes to Levi and his friends. It said, God loves even me. A tax collector, he loves even me. And God only, not only loves me, but you know what? He's willing to use me in his kingdom. Jesus called Levi to be one of his disciples. How harmful to the lost is our failure to care about them? What are we destroying when we spend our time trying to win arguments rather than trying to win friendships? You see, friendships need to come first, and then we can have a discussion about God's word and right and wrong and things like that we don't start with that first we start with friendship what, what impression do we give people when they see us as those people that meet in the building rather than people who meet them at their workplace or across the fence or at the gym or at a backyard barbecue we cannot develop intimate relationships by ignoring, neglecting, or rejecting people who, who may not know God, but desperately need God. So let's resist the conscious or unconscious practice of extirpation. As Christians, do we need to take care of each other as brothers and sisters? Do we need to gather regularly and worship and study God's word together? Just us. Uh, do we need to fellowship together? Hey, eat with each other, you know, as brothers and sisters. Do we need to do that? Absolutely, we need to do that. Absolutely. But not at the exclusion of those who don't know God yet. Jesus' first priority was people who were far from God and needed his grace. So ask God to show you, let's, let's, all of us, me included, let's ask God to show us who we need to develop an intimate friendship with. What, what do we got to do to make ourselves accessible to them so we can be where they are? Uh, what do we got to, to do to, uh, to, to uh, show them grace and to be there for them and learn about who they are and and what makes them tick and, and how we can help them. Sometimes we've got to be creative to do that. We've got to think about it. And when I say intentional relationship, that means I'm doing this on purpose. I'm reaching out to try to make a, make a friendship with this person on purpose. And we've got to be creative about that. 
Think outside the box of our lives. How can we show them the love of Christ by meeting a need that they have? Hey, can I help you with that? Um, uh, being concerned, show genuine concern for an issue that they're going through in their life. Talk to them about it. Um, hey, you don't have friends outside of church? Many of us might say we, we don't have like close friendships outside of church. Um, we work with people. We have relationships with them, but they're not friends of ours. We don't, we don't have that. Well, where could we go to meet people? Some of you are, have it built in because you work with people who are far from God all the time, every day. But maybe a lot of us are, or a lot of you are, re, are retired and, and you don't have those regular relationships. Well, find places to meet people and to develop friendships with them. Several of you uh, among us, retired among us, uh, have done that. Like um, Arlene works with the Red Cross and um, Carla was working with the Hope Station. Dick Coffey, who's uh, not here today, but he, he, uh, he volunteers with the soup kitchen downtown and with the Veterans um, Residential Services uh, Ministry that's, that's down here on Nash Street. Um, he, he just said, I got I to gotta get out and, and be in the community. I'm not just going to sit and, or walk and play golf every day. Uh, uh, as much as I enjoy doing that, I want to get out there and meet people where they need, people that are in need and, and need Christ. And so Dick kind of inspired me. And uh, so a couple of weeks ago, I, I decided to start volunteering at the Veterans Residential Services Ministry. Uh, and it's a, it's a ministry that provides a really nice box of food for a veteran, for veterans who sign up for it um, every week. And it's got perishable and non-perishable foods in it. And uh, it doesn't cost them a dime. They just got to come and show up and we get a chance to talk to them. Uh, you know, they seem very appreciative of, of the effort um, that, that is, is made to help them out. <clears throat> and, and I'm getting a chance to, to meet people I've, I would have never had a chance to meet before, and, and also the staff that works there as well. There's all kinds of opportunities. Um, again, some of them are built in. You work with people every day. You interact with people every day. Be creative. Find ways to seek. And again, ask God to show you you can't do everybody right you can't have an intimate relationship with everybody but ask God to show you which person is for you that you can seek to have an intentional relationship with the goal of sharing Christ with them so no acceptance right excluding others who are not like us no expartants selfishly thinking only of ourselves no extirpations Destroying our witness by ignoring or neglecting those who need God's grace. You know, all three of those made-up words can be completely avoided the day that we decide to seek out an intentional relationship with someone. Remember, it's a sinner saved by God's grace, eating with a sinner who needs God's grace. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for this example that Jesus showed us of how we need to be. He wasn't worried about what people said. Um, he wasn't worried about what was comfortable or uncomfortable. He just saw a, a man who everybody hated. And he, he saw potential in him and he reached out to him. He saw that he needed God's grace and he reached out to him. And then at the same time was able to, to have an influence on his friends uh, by just showing them that they were important.
that they were valuable, that he loved them. Um, and Jesus didn't let all the naysayers stop him. He did it despite them. And so help us to, to overcome fears that we might have, to overcome stereotypes or, or uh, things that, that we might think are uncomfortable, um, but, but seek out to show people in our lives who are lost that they are important, that they matter, uh, that we care about them uh, so that we can develop friendships and share the love of Christ with them. Thank you, Father. We ask all this in Jesus' name.